Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are diving into our next position group, which just so happens to be the wide receiver class. A very talented group with a lot of star-studded players, some hopefully immediate impact guys. We're going to cover all of that fantastic stuff as we've done for multiple position groups so far this offseason. Before we get to that, though, folks, I want to talk to you very briefly about Bet Online. Football right now might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. The only place that you should be betting on these sports is Bet Online. Heck, we even have the MLB right around the corner. I'm excited for baseball because baseball is so fun to bet on. I also am a big fan of, of betting on NBA games because there's just a lot of different things that can happen. It's so exciting. Literally anything can happen with any of these sports. And honestly, folks, if you have a hunch that you think something will happen, have some fun. Put $5 down. See what happens. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything that you can imagine. And of course, they're 24 online, 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So uh, Ryan, of course, jokingly says to me before the show he hates the receiver class, and I was so shocked, and I, I didn't pick up on his sarcasm. I was so shocked that, you know, I think we can all agree this is a fantastic class. Everybody talked so much last year how it was going to be, you know, one of the best draft classes for receivers that we've seen in a long time. Yet here we come, 2021, and maybe it's not the same, but there's a lot of really talented guys. There's some pretty good depth. I want to hear what you guys think as far as taking that that overview look. How would we describe this class the way that it's shaped out? Ryan, let's hear from you first, as we usually do. Well, I think the 2020 crew, I mean, we're talking about Jerry Judy and CeeDee Lamb that both had nearly 1,000 yards. We're talking about Justin Jefferson, who was the fifth wide receiver off the board, if I remember yeah. correctly. Right after, right, right after yeah, Jalen after Rager. Rager. Yeah, uh, I, shout out to Eagles fans <laughs> on that one. Um, yeah, but he had the historically great season, right? Like over 1,300 yards, r- rookie record. So we're we are comparing now. And unfortunately, it's back-to-back. So we're going to compare 2021 to 2020 right off the bat. For me, I think it's stronger up top. I think it is. I think I would rather take the Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, um, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, like those five to six top guys. I think I would take over the top five to six in 2020. Depth-wise, 2020 was awesome. And I think 2021 is very comparable, though. So if you're asking me straight up, 
I mean, just talking it out, listening to myself a little bit, I think this year's better. And I went on a radio spot like last week or the week before where someone asked me that, and I, I was kind of pacing it together. And I really think 2021 might be better than 2020, which is for the historical class that it was, is really saying a lot. Because this is, I, I think, just outstanding the number of wide receiver talent, the, the, the amount of wide receiver talent, I should say, over the last two years. It's just phenomenal to watch. Yeah, you know, where I struggle with this year's class, you know, when you're comparing it to years prior, is I don't see as much of that middling talent, that day two talent. Uh, I do think there's some good day two options. You know, you talk about Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. You talk about, um, you know, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State is someone that was kind of a slow burn prospect for me that I'm, I've come around a little bit to, not a huge fan, but someone, you know, late day two. But I just I thought that there were so many guys that were top 100 guys last year. And though I agree with Ryan and his his sentiment about the top of the class, that first round talent, you know, you're talking about Jamar Chase, you're talking about Devontae Smith, Jalen Waldo, Rashad Bateman, those guys. I like them as a whole, as a unit better than the 2020 class. And I love the day three depth It's really just a pick your flavor kind of class. You know, you have your your catch point guys, you have your slots galore. There's slots everywhere in this draft class, which are, you know, becoming more prominent in the passing game in the NFL nowadays. So I think day three, I like day one. I like, I don't love day two as much as last year. I had, I had more faith in uh, that range of prospects in last year's class. But I think overall, I think I can agree that it is a slightly better class uh, than last year, just because the top is just so good. I mean, you can't really go wrong in the first round with some of these guys. And hell, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up in a position where, and like I remember the big betting prop was how many receivers will go in the first round. Like that was the the big talking point. And hell, I, I remember it was either one of you guys who we did a hot take show. Was it you, Ryan, that said that there was going to be like six or more receivers? I don't remember specifically. We can hash it out after the show. But I do distinctly remember we we talked about how you know, like, what's that number of guys that go in the first round? Is it six or more? And potentially we might hit over that again because there's a lot of really, really fun, talented, explosive players that could turn into high-impact performers for a lot of NFL teams. I want to already start rolling into our guys, the, the, the guys that you would stand on the table for and demand that this player needs to be drafted if you are in a... Uh, NFL scouting room, scouting department room. Ryan, let's hear your guy first. Who is your player? Well, I think that he was really uh, underutilized to a degree this year. So what happens here at University of Iowa is, first of all, you're dealing with everything that's happening with the Big Ten, the shutdown, the reopening, what's happening with the season. So we have an abbreviated Big Ten season in general. So we're going to have some players that just don't have a ton of film. They don't have a ton of opportunities. You add that in with Spencer Petras, who's a first-year starting quarterback for Iowa, who was not good. Like, let's just call it what it is. So it limited the impact that Imir Smith-Marset could have, who's a New Jersey guy, by the way. Oh. Shout out to Jersey. Shout out to the Garden State. <laughs> so he is about six foot, six foot one, but he's got length. Like he has long arms. He's a he's a long dude. Like he he's a lot. He looks he appears a lot taller than he actually is because he has just that slender, long-armed frame. And he is a legitimate, like we're, we're talking about the big debate on Twitter now, is like all these dudes are 4-3 athletes, right? Like they're all 4-3 athletes. I'm here to say Amir Smith-Marset might be an actual 4-3 athlete. That kid can take the top off the defense. 
he's a multi-level threat for me. I think there's a huge niche for him early on in his in his career as a vertical threat. But what really gets me excited is he's fluid, man. He gets in and out of breaks really well. He's not just a guy that's going to stretch you vertically. Like he can run a a bevy of routes. There's a, there's not a limitation to him as a route runner. I just think that there's just been some overshadowing in this this deep wide receiver class coupled with the Big 10 cancellation and reopening coupled with bad quarterback play for Iowa. For me, someone's going to get a steal on day three with uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who is that guy that can really stress a defense early, which I think he's going to get a lot of reps. But then also, I think that there's developmental potential. I think that he is one of the better wide receivers in this class. We're talking late day two, early day three, like in that range. And I really think that a team is going to strike a home run with a guy like Smith-Marset. I can't believe you just said he was six foot one. I, I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, this guy, like you said, he appears larger on tape, and I haven't done too much background work on Smith Marset, but this guy's film is he looks like a big, that big, fast, and good hands guy, you know, that you see, you know, in that DK Metcalf mold of just being big and straight line fast. That's what I see from Smith Marset. So to see that he's only six one, that kind of makes sense for how fluid he is in and out of breaks, which DK Metcalf didn't have coming out. Uh, and I'm not saying he's a better prospect, but I'm a big fan of uh, Smith Marset. You know, Ryan and uh, Devin Jackson actually uh, had a conversation with him about him as well on Twitter. Uh, put me put me on game with him, and that's that's some really fun tape. Like you said, underutilized a ton. Uh, speaking of underutilized, my guy is going to be from Clemson, Cornell Powell, redshirt senior, someone that I. Couldn't have told you who he was until probably halfway through this year where he really came into his own and became the the vertical threat in that offense. You know, the Notre Dame game, I think, was his coming out party, uh, you know, in the middle of the season. Sorry, guys. I know you're Notre Dame fans. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Cornell Powell, he, he came out in that game, and, and he didn't look back. He continued to put up over 100 yards week in and week out against good competition, and He's not the fastest guy for being the vertical threat and the vertical weapon he was in that offense this year. He he's not really fast. He's probably a four or five guy, uh, but he's got a good dense build and he's really fluid and smart. Uh, you know, throughout the route stem, he stacks you know, stacks corners really well, which is is much of the the reason he's been such a vertical threat. You know, a good vertical threat despite not having that long speed. I just really like his game. You talk about fluidity in and out of breaks and. Just let low center of gravity, thick lower half build. He's hard to tackle after the catch at times. I just see a good route runner with with solid speed and, and great hands, and he's a super willing blocker. He's pretty dominant in, as a blocker in the run game. I just think that this is just going to be one of those day three players that's going to always be a wide receiver three, a wide receiver four in the NFL and be a, and be a solid one at that. But then I have to have to talk about my guy Jonathan Adams Jr. from Arkansas State. Always Talked finds about a way. That another one? Uh, you yeah, another you, you got to keep this quick, Alex. Man, yeah, you just you like got, oh, always yeah, adding. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be quick. <laughs> um, no, Ryan, you had two last week. Let's not do this. So Arkansas State. I, I usually don't like the catch point guys, but dominated Kansas State, and we talked about it on this podcast quite a bit. And I think he, I, I talked about, you know, uh, comparing him to Omar Bayless, a wide receiver out of Arkansas State, and said, I see a lot of the same qualities from a production standpoint, but I just think Jonathan Adams is a juicier athlete. And we saw that athleticism on display at his Exos Pro Day. Uh, I, you, some of those numbers you got to take with a grain of salt, that 40 time especially, but you can't lie about the vertical. 41-inch vertical, you, there's no way you can fluff that number. You can fluff a 40 time. 
which I think it was a little bit, but I see a good, you know, a good athlete explosive talking about Donovan Peoples Jones with his jumps, his explosiveness. I see a lot of the same qualities in, in Jonathan Adams Jr.'s game. And I've been a big fan all season long, and he just dominated his level of play. I see a solid receiver that you're going to be happy to have on day three. All right, thank you for two receivers, Alex. Really appreciate you doing that. Yeah, you're <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, he's a hot he's a hot name right now because of the funny interaction we were discussing beforehand that he had with somebody on Twitter who tried to say that his four four forty time was illegitimate. Uh, go check out his Twitter if you want to see what we're talking about. So getting into the number one player on both of your guys' boards, your per, your personal boards, this isn't going to be much discourse here. This is a very rare instance where there's not much disagreement. I'm not surprised that you guys are on the same page. And interestingly enough, that you know this isn't a, a position group where there's a clear-cut number one. There's a lot of volatility in opinion on who sits where. You hear Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell. That stuff's mixed around a ton right now. But you guys both sit on Jamar Chase as your number one. Ryan, why did you pick him number one, and why is he above all the other guys? I think a better conversation potentially would have been, who do we think is going to be the first guy off the board? Because I think uh, that is a that's interesting a That is something that I think that we should – because for anyone who's uh, curious about how our next wave of shows are going to work out, once we finish these, we're going to have some topical, situational-based stuff. So, Ryan, I love that idea. I think that we should definitely re- revisit that because that is a good question. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's where possibly the discourse comes from. For me – there's been two players specifically this year that were opt-out players that people have tried to tear apart, even though, like, man, there's not a ton to tear apart. And that's Penny Sewell from Oregon, which, you know, we man, best prospect maybe in this draft if we're not taking in positional value. But then there's Jamar Chase from LSU, who, how quickly we forget, in 2019, on a team with Justin Jefferson, on a team with Terrace Marshall Jr., who might go in the first round this year, on that same team with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Jamar Chase had arguably the best receiving season in college football history at 19 years old in the SEC. Talking about guys like, I know Alex was a big A.J. Terrell fan who went in the first rounds to the Atlanta Falcons. Were you not, Alex? Did I just... Did no, I just, um, did I, just... no, I had a late second on him. <laughs> oh, I, I just... Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, just... Actually, I, rem- I remember how so upset Alex up. was. I remember that. Yeah, no. <laughs> yes. I don't remember that. I'm sorry. I'm getting old. I'm getting old. All right. So, all right. Let me rephrase. A lot of people were big fans of AJ Terrell. <laughs> a lot of people liked Trevon Diggs. A lot of people liked all these SEC defensive backs. Not me, Alex. I know. I, I didn't like Diggs either. But a lot of people were fans of them. We're talking about players that went in the first couple rounds of this past draft. No matter who was in front of Jamar Chase, nobody could check him. Nobody. All year. It was just stellar performance after stellar performance. And people are trying to knock him down because they look at him and they're saying he is six foot, six foot one. Pretty athletic. But like, is he a four three guy? Absolutely not. Is he a four four guy? Maybe. He might be. Is he a 4-5 guy? Who cares? Honestly, who cares? Because what he is, is he's an alpha. Nobody can check him. Even if guys get up, press on him at the line of scrimmage, he might even mess around with him at the line a little bit from times and not be as, as, as pressing as he needs to be early on reps. But when the ball's in the air, when, when it matters, this guy makes the play. 
Like, it's just straight up what he does. He is a dog in all sense of the word. He is an alpha. We talk about the best receivers of all time. You talk about guys like Terrell Owens, who was Terrell Owens the most fast wide receiver of all time? Absolutely not. Was he the most talented athlete of all time? Absolutely not. But what Terrell Owens was, was he was competitive as anything. He wanted to be the best at all times. He wanted the football. Jamar Chase is that. He is that. You could try to quantify him by size if you want. You could try to quantify him by speed if you want. But all I know is no matter who is in front of him, and has been in front of him during the course of his career so far, nobody can check Jamar Chase. So what he was able to do at 19 years old in the best conference in college football on a national championship run, don't overthink it, man. This kid is a top five, top ten player in this class. Easy. Like, it's not even debatable. Because you can you can break things apart about his game all you want. You can, oh, wow, oh, he didn't do that right. He didn't do that right. That's fine. The results are what matters at the end of the day. And nobody mm. has been able to check Jamar Chase so far in his career. Maybe that should be our next shirt. The results matter at the end of the day. That might be too many words, but I like it. <laughs> no, I agree with everything you said there, Ryan. Uh, the thing, the two reasons people are starting to question him is one, the recency bias of Devonte Smith's season and not having Jamar Chase in 2020, just like you you said there, and the lack of physical traits. He's not six foot three. He's not a four three athlete. But what he is is all around a very very good football player, a la DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is a top two receiver in the NFL. I don't. Think there's too much arguing there. Is he yeah. a four three four four guy? Nope. Is he six foot three with all the size? Nope. But he's he's a he's a physical uh, presence in the pass game that no one's going to mess with. He's just physical, tough, and a catch point. No one's stopping him. And I think that's what you get a lot of with Jamar Chase is you get someone that's just not going to lose. And we, like you said, Justin Jefferson was the best receiver, uh, rookie receiver in 2020. And Jamar Chase was the better wide receiver in that offense. So what? Are, where are we questioning? You know, the film is there. You you can't question the film. You can question the athlete, athletic traits. But when you have guys in the NFL that are dominant without these athletic traits that everyone you know gravitates towards at the wide receiver position, I don't. It doesn't doesn't really bother me. There there's there's people in this draft class that people have over them that there is things to worry about: size, frame. You don't have to worry about that with Jamar Chase. You don't have anything to worry about outside of the fact that he's not a 4-4 athlete, probably. He's probably not a 4-4 guy, but he wins. He's a winner, and like you said, results at the end of the day is all I care about, and he that's what he does week in and week out. All right, let's get into talking about some sleepers, but before we can do, do that and get to those sleepers, I want to talk to you folks very briefly about eBay. Whether rare, dead stock, or the latest release, find the exact shoe that you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go cop the pair that you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points. Each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. Also for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 or more, making it free to sell or flip your collection. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. I love talking about sleepers when we get into these draft classes because it's it's just so fun to hear about names that maybe people don't know about or 
names that aren't being talked about enough. And more often than not, I, I think these guys always end up popping up down the road. I'm like, where the hell did that guy come from? I'm also extremely entertained by the selection that, that Ryan has here because I'm quite sure that Ryan had this guy as his sleeper or in that conversation before the season and you still have him there despite not really doing a whole lot this year? I had him in my top five wide receivers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I remember. I think he was your fifth guy. Yeah, I think – well, he might have been four. I think he was four. I, I was – I was dumb high on Tamari and Terry out of Florida State. I was dumb high on him because he is 6'3 plus. He's, a, he's another guy who could legit probably run 4'3. There was a thing that popped up that he ran in a game 23.4 miles an hour, <laughs> which is faster than Tyreek Hill has ever ran in a game. Just to like put that in perspective at 6'3 plus. And he had over 1,000 yards in 2019. I was expecting a lot of him as a retro junior. Of course, everybody knows the story, right? Florida State, from the preseason on, was a dumpster fire. Like, let's call it what it was. Team, every it seems like every player outside of Asante Samuel Jr. saw a significant drop to their stock this year. It was just a disaster. Marvin Wilson's and and even Hobson and Sarah Dean was thought of as a potential first round. Obviously, he was hurt, so it's a little bit of a different conversation. So, Marion Terry had a couple very disappointing games. Then he actually went against Notre Dame and had like nine catches for 140 yards and a touchdown. And he looked like himself a little bit. Still not the same. Didn't look as fast as he usually does. And then it turns out that he had a knee scope, right? And then he was going to miss a week or something like that. Or maybe that was before the Notre Dame game. He came back Notre Dame. All I know is Notre Dame was his last game. And then it's this weird opt-out, right? Like he leaves the team. And to this day, if you search his name on Twitter or on the internet in general, you cannot find a declaration post or an article where Tamarian Terry definitively says, like, I'm in the draft. But from everyone I'm talking to, he is in the draft. So he's in 2021. This guy's a height, weight, speed dude. Like, he's a freak. He is a freak of nature. And there is something here that is unsettling because there's a lot of questions that he has to answer. A lot of questions. Not only uneven play this year, but why did he leave the team? What's that whole situation looking like? There's a lot of questions. The pre-draft process is going to be very important for him. Those team meetings, those uh, the ability to talk to the evaluators that have been watching his film, to talk to the general managers, to talk to those front office executives. Like Those are the conversations more than seeing him run fast at the pro day because I know he's going to do that. Those things are unsettling, though. They are because I feel like Tamari and Terry, the person, might hurt him more than Tamari and Terry, the athlete. When he's on his game and he's healthy, I think he could be a star. Like, I really do. So that's why he's in my sleeper category because it only takes one situation for him to land into the right one where he has a good surrounding cast, where he has the right people running the show for Tamari and Terry to burst onto the scene and be the talent and the player that he can be because there is still untapped potential. There is still so much upside to a player like this. This kid could talent-wise, be argued to be a top-five wide receiver in this class. But it's going off the rails. Probably not going to hear his name somewhere late day three. But I think in the right situation, he could still be very successful, at least in a limited role. Yeah, Terry, for me, is a high-risk, high-reward kind of guy that you you take a flyer on middle of day three, probably early to middle of day three. With his height, like you said, height, weight, speed, strength, he can really do it all as far as that goes. You worry about the drops a little bit. 
Uh, drops aren't the biggest concern in the world, but he he de- definitely had some drops on his tape. But yeah, I mean, it's really going to be a question of the off the field stuff for him, you know, throughout this pre-draft process. And without the declaration, I, I ha- like you said, I haven't seen anything one way or another. Like, is he back in school? Is he in the NFL draft? But like Ryan said, everything he's hearing is that he's in the he's in the draft in April, and he's going to have to answer. And he, I'm sure he's answering right now in this moment from NFL teams some questions about some of the off the field stuff. Uh, you know, the 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 knee scope, uh, why do you leave the team? You know, some of the things that Ryan alluded to. Uh, but for me, my guy is uh, Tyler Vaughn's USC. 2019, he was the wide receiver three with Amonra St. Brown and Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, the Pac-12 season in 2020 was just tough football, you know, kind of like the Big Ten. It just came on late the season. Uh, but he still flashed some of the things he flashed before that, I, you know, that drew me to him. And that's the ability to work the sideline is one of the best in this class, if I'm being honest. His body control on the perimeter, his length is insane. Uh, and he's just a high point guy. With And I think, I think the thing, I usually don't like these catch point guys. I've been burned on him too many times. J.J. Arthago Whiteside and and uh, Kelvin Harmon, some of these guys. But Tyler Vaughn has a little bit more athleticism than than those guys, and I just love the way he works the sideline. Uh, I just think this guy, this guy, based on his production, is probably going to be a middle to late day three pick. But his athleticism, his springiness, I think he's going to jump really well. Uh, you know, wherever he does testing, I just think he's a springy athlete with great length and ball skills and the ability to, to, to stay in bounds on the sideline and, you know, in the corner of the end zone is one of the best in this class. So for me, Tyler Vaughn's is someone that has flown under the radar partially due to the fact that he plays on the West coast and people don't watch West coast football quite as much. And, and just, you know, kind of being that second fiddle, third fiddle in that USC offense over the past few years. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not looking forward to this last segment. Uh, this is, as Ryan smiles, <laughs> because he knows what he's about to do. Uh, I'm waiting for, I, I think by the end of the week, we'll probably have one one-star review that that, <laughs> that quotes this. <laughs> but as we wrap up every position group show, we talk about the overhyped guys. And, and it's usually, I, I think when we talk about a lot of these overhyped guys, I think we all agree. And I think it's it's guys that I think a lot of people might agree that they're being overhyped right now for no reason. But this one is really interesting because Ryan, this guy's a Heisman trophy winner. This guy is wide receiver one for a lot of people. This guy is someone who uh, many think that the dolphins will select at third overall of all places. Why, why are, why do you think Devonta Devonte Smith is overhyped? I, I, let hear it. Hear it. Look, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be called a hater. It's fine. I, I can take it. I can okay. take it. All right. I just gave him like in my most recent mock draft, I just gave him to the Giants at pick eleven. So I'm not disrespecting yeah. the guy, man. I'm not disrespecting the guy. Okay. I don't think that it's a conversation between him and Jamar Chase. I don't think it's a conversation for me. I also don't like honestly, the best wide receiver on Alabama before he got hurt was Jalen Waddle. It was not Devonta Smith. Like everybody's going to want to say Heisman Trophy winner, Heisman Trophy winner. Jalen Waddle was the best wide receiver on that team before he got banged up. He absolutely was, and I think that he's going to get drafted before Devonta Smith. So it is not so much of like, hey, I think I think Devonta Smith should go in, in the second round, second or third round. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the third overall pick. 
That's ludicrous, man. That is absolute ludicrous. Top 10 for me is a little bit of ludicrous. Like, I think he's a middle first round to somewhere 15 to 20 should be the spot in honest, in all honesty. I put an 18 at one mock draft. Like I think that's about where he goes to Miami at pick 18. So it's not so much of, I think Devonta Smith is completely overhyped. He shouldn't be in that conversation at all. It's simply, he's not a top five player. He's not a top 10 player. There are things that I worry about. I know people are like, oh, who cares about the weight? Well, I care about the weight. <laughs> if he succeeds, <laughs> that's the best that response weight. possible is I care about the weight. I, I, I care about I'm the glad weight. You said that. NFL evaluators <laughs> are going to care about that weight too. Because when NFL evaluators stamp their name on a guy, when they stand on that table, quote unquote, they want to have some data that says that has succeeded before. Devonta Smith, if he's successful, he's an outlier. Like, let's call it what it is. We have never seen a guy this size, six foot plus, 165 to 170 pounds. Like, we've never seen it. So it's not saying that he's not a good football player because obviously he just won the Heisman Trophy. He's obviously a really good football player. But I don't think that I would gamble on him in the top five to ten. I think it's a little overhyped saying he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I just have worries about Devonta Smith. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being real with yourself and saying he makes me nervous. Devonta Smith makes me nervous. No, I don't think there's an issue saying he makes you nervous. Uh, you know, he makes me nervous. The size, like you said, to bet on Devonta Smith, you have to bet on an outlier. Like you said, the only guy that even comes close from a size standpoint in recent history is Deshaun Jackson. And Deshaun Jackson's a... 4-3 guy. Devontae Smith is not a 4-3 guy. And that's, you know, in, in that build, that's kind of what you expect uh, if you were trying to find success. So you would be betting on an outlier here with Devontae Smith. But Ryan, you did say earlier in the show, at the end of the day, results are all that matter. Did you not? I, I, I didn't say that. I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> and Devont, Devontae Smith has put up results week in and week out. You talk about Jamar Chase. I'm, I, I look. I'm concerned about Devonte Smith as well. That size is is seriously concerning. But if we're gonna have a conversation about Jamar Chase and how he lacks, you know, some some physical components of the game that you wish he had, but at the end of the day, he dominated SEC corners. He dominated first round talent cornerbacks week in and week out. You kind of have to say the same thing about Devonte Smith. Would I would I take him over Jamar Chase? No, Jamar Chase is obviously my number one guy. I see a safer prospect with just as much upside from a from a production standpoint. But I do think Devontae Smith is right there with Jalen Waddle as the wide receiver two in this year's class. And and no, I don't think Devontae Smith is going to be the first wide receiver taken this year's class. I think some of draft Twitter is kind of overhyping that that thought and that expectation that he's going to go three or he's going to go, you know, five or, you know, so one of these top few picks. But at the end of the day, Devontae Smith's a good football player. And I, like you said, you said, you say 15 to 20. I say I'm betting on him between seven and 12. Um, so I'm a little bit higher, I think, on Devontae Smith, but I do understand the concern. Uh, but you're going to get a lot of flag for this one. Just saying. It's okay. I'm ready for it. All I'm saying, man, was he he was not even the best receiver on his team. But you have to admit, you talk about Jamar Chase dominating that cornerback talent week in and week out in 2019. Devontae Smith's done it for two years. 2019 and 2020. It's not a bad argument. I I see where both of you are coming from. I I honestly do, and I hope our listeners can too, and they don't get too worked up over one opinion or the other. 
Oh, they're not. Oh, they're not. They're just going to come for Ryzen draft. Right. They're just going to get mad at Waddle. I do, I do think Jalen Waddle goes before Devontae Smith, though. I think Jalen Waddle goes first wow. out of all the wide receivers. You know, because you talk about Henry Ruggs went yeah. first. And he's yeah. just a speed guy. Devontae or uh, Jalen Wall is a better prospect than Henry Ruggs by far with the same oh, prototype, same prototype, you know, your speed guy. And I think Jalen Wall is absolutely a better prospect than Henry Ruggs. And I think you can compare Jamar Chase and CeeDee Lamb from a prototype standpoint. And you could compare Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith from a – so all the, the top three receivers in either class kind of have the same – they're kind of all under the same mold. And Henry Ruggs went first last year. I think Jalen Waddle could go first this year too. That's just off so, the you know. If everybody and their mother is running, if everybody and their mother is running four three, Jalen Wild is going to run a four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's that's a good it. point. That's a good point. So uh, Alex, let's let's hear your guy. And I, I just I have to say this. I find it really funny that Ryan comes out swinging. He's like Devonte Smith's my overhyped guy, and then Alex, you say Sage Surratt, who I didn't even think was a guy that was being overhyped. I got I got I got. I'm curious to hear why did you pick him. No, Sage Surratt, no one thinks he's a first-round player at this point. They did over the summer, but not anymore. Uh, he still looked at as his day-two guy for some people, and I just think he's a middle-to-late day-three guy. Talk about Jonathan Adams Jr. earlier. What, is, what does Sage Surratt do better than Jonathan Adams Jr.? Just please enlighten me. He's not He's Wait, not an <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> he played the ACC. <laughs> I gave a thumbs up, but the listeners can't see that. Sage Surratt, he's not, an, he's not a good athlete. He's not good in, out, in and out of breaks. He was kind of a vertical threat, but he's not fast. I'm going to go on a similar tangent as I did last week with uh, Joe Tryon. So he's supposed to be this big, thick catch point guy, which is all he is, but he's not fast, so he can't stretch the field vertically. He can't move in and out of break, so he can't run routes. I just don't know where you place him with with much certainty that he's going to be successful in the NFL. I just I think he's a good hands guy. He's your he's your Kelvin Harmon, JJ Ortega Whiteside that the NFL I think is learning. You just can't invest highly on. And look, he's a fifth. I think he's a fifth round grade for me. And most people have him in that third round range. And I just look, he's just he just is what he is. He's an unathletic body control guy with what do i i don't know he's a wide receiver five you know what happened here jj ortega whiteside hurt alex he hurt <laughs> yeah he really did he really no no you're, you're not kidding jj ortega whiteside uh hakeem butler's another oh, one. Oh no oh i yeah. love hakeem I uh, love wide hakeem, receiver dude. two hakeem butler oh yeah. no yeah <laughs> I, I you know who you know a random wide receiver prospect i was a big fan of that same year was uh antoine wesley out of texas tech why let, let's let's not he has some fun let's film. not go down this path. <laughs> you like TJ? Va- you like TJ Vasher? Oh this God! No, like T- no, not TJ Vasher. It's different. Antoine Wesley was pretty good. <laughs> okay. Shout out Antoine Wesley if you're listening. I know he's a friend of the pod, so yeah. I know he's listening. Just follow me back on Twitter because you're my guy. I love Antoine Wesley. That was some of my favorite well, film. What I've ever is watched. he up to right now? Oh, I don't know. He's the same thing we're doing. Canada. <laughs> Yeah, I feel bad for him if that's what he's doing right now. <laughs> well, folks, I think that's a good note to end us up on here. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you enjoy listening to the show. Leave us a five-star re- uh, review if you enjoy listening to us. Additionally, follow us on social media at NFL Prospects Pod, uh, at Joe DeLeon, at Rise and Draft, at Alex Gilstrap. Additionally, at Believe Podcasts, head to Believe.com to find our show as well as hundreds of others a fantastic, amazing lineup that Believe has. Um, 
We'll talk to you soon, and we're going to have another fantastic interview coming this week. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.